0: Stuff. You know something's happening. Something very big is happening here. The eyes are looking at a new way. Beyond a veil. They're looking at something that they didn't know existed before. They're looking at a future that they didn't think that could exist before. That that, that Garth Gulch, that you know, this this that that concept of, of this through via technology, this isolated existence where where people can live within their own systems. We're here, we're there now. Um, Cryptography can give us can give us that safety, can give us that privacy, and and Bitcoin can give that to us for money. Um, There are things that we need to work on with Bitcoin, and I think privacy is probably the most important thing. Um, I think we both I say we because speaking of humans, but. We, did it, we both did and did not do a good job on the baseline of the Internet of putting privacy in, and there are ways to do it, but it's more difficult than it probably should be. And we should probably look into that with Bitcoin now. It might have gone too far um, uh, since we've really looked at it fundamentally. Um, that's another thing where it brings into, well, you know, some of these other coins, you know, privacy coins being a feature. Let's put it on Bitcoin. Let's let's focus on that. I, I, I think that there's, there's reason to talk about privacy coins and the fun technologies, but let's bring it to Bitcoin. Let's focus on it. Let's bring it to the best sound money. Let's bring it to the longest chain. Let's do that. Let's make this thing even more robust. Let's get more eyes on it. I agree, I think we should focus, I think we should focus on Bitcoin. Um, we can learn from these other networks and come together and, and have great ideas. But even even the, even the staunchest of all coins, fanatics, you know, you know stacking they're really, they're really stacking their stats. Like you know. Stack. Okay, this week we're going to be talking about pertinent scalability. And what that means is why. Can we not sacrifice certain qualities of the underlying asset uh, in order for scalability? So we don't care about how high, of, you know, your TPS, what your transactions per second are, if you're sacrificing decentralization, if you're if you're sacrificing trustlessness, if you're sacrificing uh, a deflationary supply issuance, right? So we we don't care if you're doing that stuff. It it it, uh, it defeats the purpose of why we. Created, I say we, the grand we, why we created Bitcoin uh, in the first place, which was to avoid all of those things, right? To avoid centralization, to avoid um, uh, having to trust a third party, to to avoid having, you know, inflation uh, beyond our, you know, expectations, right? So uh, that it, it comes into play in in the current context when we see pumps happening like they're happening right now with coin and. Um, and we see these uh, these projects, these social networks, if you will. I hesitate sometimes to call some of these cryptocurrencies um, because I, I don't really necessarily think that their final use case is is, is currency or is money. that's that's really what Bitcoin's for. Um, I, I, I can see use cases for some of these these networks and and I, and I see really interesting stuff and and I think it's really fascinating and I w- and I would never tell anyone not to learn about them or, or or even even to, to invest in them, but I would say that know that it's more like you're investing in a social network or an interesting business idea or a culture and much less so that you're investing in this sort of new asset class that Bitcoin absolutely stands alone in. So the reason why Bitcoin stands alone is because of all the reasons we talked about in the last two weeks, the supply issuance, this, the, the macroeconomic context we're in now of you know, potential fiat depegging and hyper Bitcoinization and all that. So we're there because of the underlying qualities. We're there because of the belief system that the Bitcoin protocol is going to continue to be what it is uh, 10 years from now, 20 years from now. And, and isn't go, it, it, this, this concept of the immutability, this ledger that we can look at one transaction and look all the way back and see where it was created and see where it came from. So this idea of of scalability and and how it relates to Bitcoin, uh, I think is really fascinating. And you can't really talk about it unless you talk about sort of how Bitcoin works. So this consensus, this group consensus that the Bitcoin network uh, utilizes in order to assure that all transactions are valid is, is called the Nakamoto consensus. And it's based off of proof of work, um, which was invented by Adam Back, uh, computer scientist who is now the head of Blockstream. Um, and he and Bitcoin developers utilize it as a way to both validate um, transactions of previously mined Bitcoin, but also triggering that mechanism, that game theory that we discussed last week about block reward and and where. You know, every Bitcoin comes from uh, an input transaction, except Bitcoins that were mined from the protocol. So any Bitcoin that I might have purchased off an exchange initially came from a Coinbase. And I don't mean Coinbase as the exchange, but Coinbase in the Bitcoin world is the is the input. It's where it's the the person that wins a, a, a block they input a Coinbase uh, into the input transaction that generates these blocks. So, that, sorry, that generates these coins. So, uh, the you can trace back every single Bitcoin from every single transaction that you have, um, you know, that you're exploring, that you're looking at through your client. You can go all the way back to its creation and from from its initial Coinbase, and then you can see all the other ways it went. So so, Bitcoin is 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 a is a double book ledger where they have an in and an out. Um, it's credit and debt. It's that yin and yang we always talk about. So so, really, actually, there's this there's this uh, this data set that is this UTXO. These uh, um, un unspent transaction outputs that are just kind of floating everywhere around and they all they contain are is you know an amount of satoshis and then uh, like a locking witness script and there's just a ton of them out there then it's always growing and shrinking and growing and shrinking uh, based on how people are spending or receiving uh, their bitcoins so that sounds a little convoluted, but we'll, we'll, we'll get back to it. So so, what is a Bitcoin transaction then? Well, it is uh, a bit, you know, it's, it's, it's data being presented to the network, to the Bitcoin network that's broadcast. So the way that it works is it's, it's 258 bytes long. And all it does is that it confirms ownership of these UTXOs and assigns new ownership to the remaining UTXOs. That's all that a transaction is. It's a it's 258 bytes and it tells you, "Hey, I'm going to put these things, these IOUs, I'm going to gather them all up in a way and I'm going to put them over here and I'm going to give this amount to this person and this back is this amount is going to come back to me as a, as a change and then this amount is going to go to the network for mining." Right? So it When you make a transaction from your wallet, uh, it propagates, it floods peer-to-peer. So 258 bytes are getting sent out peer-to-peer, usually over the Internet. There's lots of clever ways to do it with satellites and you can even use radios. But usually over the Internet, and that's how the majority of them are going to propagate. So uh, you can reach a really large percentage of nodes uh, really fast. Um, It's a very small, that's, that's not a ton of information, right? That can be sent, propagated, flooded, instantly, basically. Um, but you're not in the you're not in the chain yet. You're not validated. You're not hashed in. Uh, those things take time. They take the block. Uh, they take someone, a miner, picking up your transaction and putting it in what they call candidate blocks. So before the block is actually validated, if you're, you're broadcasting, you're propagating out to the network. I want to give a uh, hundred dollars uh, to Nick. Uh, And I'll give you a dollar for doing that, right? So some miner's going to see, oh, cool. Great. 1% fee. Great. Take your transaction IOU, put it in their candidate block, and then continually inputting hashes trying to solve the next block. And if they do, your transaction then, you know, goes from kind of being in this malleable state to being, bam, it's hashed in, you're in there. Your inputs and outputs are, 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 are in the ledger, and then uh, after uh, six blocks, six confirmations, a Bitcoin uh, transaction is considered, um, you know, complete, uh, complete, complete, um, in that the uh, amount of work needed to have created uh, an erroneous transaction is, is basically, you know, at that point it's almost statistically impossible that, uh, you know, cryptographically that someone Um, was being a bad actor and snuck in a bad block and then won six blocks in a row. Um, Basically impossible, as we talked about last week. Um, So this transaction input, uh, one of the ways that it works is it's, think about it when you you make, when you spend um, a transaction input, when you when you sorry when you take an output that you have and you want to go spend it somewhere and you want to turn your your UTXO into an input you have to spend the entirety of the bitcoins that are in that IOU so it's what that means is it's like if you have if someone paid you in a 20 dollar bill and you gave them you gave them change back out of your own change you still have that 20 dollar bill that they gave you so then if you want to go spend that $20, even if you gave that person change, you still have that 20 bucks. So Bitcoin is just a constant UTXO shrinking and, and, and using and boom. You can add them up. Your wallet client does that, right? So you have that $20 bill, but you only want to spend five of it. So you have $20 with of Bitcoin. You only want to spend five of it. So you create a transaction that uses that input UTXO of 20 bucks, and you create a you, you create a transaction that says, I want to send it to this person. So you sign over ownership of the amount, of the, the amount that you want to give them. So the five, you know, five bitcoins, you, you, you sign over the ownership to the five bitcoins, and then you also create, so that's one output, and then you also create an output back to yourself of the, the leftover change. So if you only want to give them five, there's going to be $15 coming back to you. But it's not that one to one because we also have to factor in uh, the minor fee and getting, uh, you know, wanting someone to to quickly validate and put your transaction in a block. So it's so it's secure and immutable. Uh, you, you, you offer a financial, uh, you know, a fee, a reward for doing that. So if you forget to add a change transact output back to yourself and sign, you know, sign those that leftover $15 back to yourself, it will actually go to the mining, uh, to the miner that won the block as a fee. So if you if you're, you know, most most wallet clients will do this all, you know, natively, but but if you if you forget or you are using one that's a little more hands on where you can set your your miner fee and you forget um, and you have 20 bitcoins in your wallet and you only wanted it to spend like 0.001 but you didn't set that fee and and that's and that's a complete UTXO you will spend that whole thing that whole you know 19.99 bitcoins will be spent and be given um, to the to the very lucky miner that won that block so it is really important to know um, you know how transactions work so that when you're getting to use and getting used to this decentralized trustless immutable ledger if you make mistakes in them you don't get them back you can't call a bank of america and say hey can you reverse that last one it's for kids which is wonderful and 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 can be can be scary but if we know how this stuff works and we know how the fundamentals it's not that scary so knowing that when you when you make a transaction it's it's Going to naturally aggregate the necessary UTXOs to create the necessary bitcoins that you want to output. But if you, but if your input UTXO is actually higher than your output, you need to designate change. Otherwise, that will go directly to the miners. You can propagate uh, transactions without a miner fee; it, they won't get picked up. Um, uh, you know, I think maybe more back in the day that was something that could potentially happen, but um, at, at this point, if you're using a, a standard Bitcoin transaction propagating to the network, um, I think even a minimum like 0. 0.0001 is necessary to even get uh, propagated. Um, never, ne- never mind actually validated. Um, and I might be wrong on my on my math there, but um, so. So, that, so that, that's, that's really important. And so one of the ways that, you know, you might've heard this phrase Merkle trees or Merkle roots and, and, and basically what they are is it's a, it's a summary within the block of all of the transactions. So it's, it's a Merkle tree, it's a binary hash tree um, that's sort of so that you can efficiently, you know, verify and look at, you know, really big sets of data. Um, so if you're looking at a Merkle tree, and you want to find, you want to validate like one transaction and know that this transaction is good. Um, you don't need to. Uh, you can look at previously verified, um, you know, hashes, and you can string together where exactly this one UTXO comes from, and you can string it all the way back to uh, its Coinbase, where its Coinbase uh, uh, entry into the protocol, right, where, the, where it was rewarded as a as a block reward. Um, so your, uh, your transaction, um, when you send out a transaction, when it gets validated into a block, you can look at the, that block and it will say block number, you know, two thousand two seven seven three four five or whatever. Right. So that number is the, is the block height and the block height is how many blocks since the Genesis block, which is zero. So if your block height's 2,000, you're the 2,000 block. Um, So after six blocks of block height, you know, this transaction is considered irrevocable. Um, And so a full node could look at a transaction and can explore the input-output chain from the very beginning block zero all the way through to the current block height that the last time that that block was transacted so the most current block so that brings us to well okay that's a that's a bitcoin transaction great cool so it's it's a pretty simple little thing where you're just basically expressing these are the ious that i have that i want to claim and uh these are the ious that i want to uh you know propagate via these old, previous IOUs that I have. Uh, There is a, um, uh, you know, it seems like it's a real drag to transact on the Bitcoin network. And it just seems like it's so unsexy and slow and old dinosaur boomer coin. And that stuff is just crap to make you... Uh, it's it's just sales. It's marketing for other other chains that um, think that they've that they've found the right balance between sacrificing these these unsacrificable qualities um, in order to make faster stuff. So so Bitcoin does have has limitations on layer one on the actual blockchain. It can only really uh, you know averages about seven transactions per second, which is far below you know, the you know, the 20, over 20,000 or so per second, say like Visa does or something, right? But Visa is very centralized, Visa can censor your, uh, it can blacklist your, your account, it can freeze your account, it cannot let you spend money that you have, it cannot let you send money to someone else, it cannot let you receive money if it decides, right? Um, the Bitcoin network doesn't rely on any of that stuff. So when you're talking about the scalability between sending a U.S. dollar uh, coin or, you know, this centralized pre-mined asset versus sending a Bitcoin. Um, yeah, I mean, of course, the scalability is going to be harder to send a more robust asset. Like, of course, that's going to be a more difficult thing. Because all of the things that make Bitcoin Bitcoin are, are, are direct functions of being an incredibly decentralised, robust network that's backed by, you know, these 18 integers worth of, of hashes per second, right? So, how can, we, how can we use Bitcoin in the modern world? Well, yeah, sure, A, uh, it has definitely developed into this uh, store of value um, proponent quality honey badger asset of its own that uh it now that its supply issuance has dipped below the the average you know three percent of the us dollar um we're, we're we're we have a cap supply we're we're going below gold here um it's going to begin to attack these these, these market caps of, of things that are wealth that's stored in treasury bonds and wealth that's stored in gold right so but but, but how do we scale it um, where we can use it in, in, a, in a day-to-day sense, and, and that's where that's where sort of a brilliant thing like the, the Lightning Network comes into play, and that's something that's going to be a huge part of the next of, of, of the 2020s, is, uh, and I think most people won't even really know it, but but think about it now. I mean, think about where we're at with 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 email. I mean, I can email my parents. They they know how to they know how to send a. A thing with their, you know, they do it right on their phone, they sweep on a, on a, on a screen and they can fling me an email. You know, 20 years ago, maybe not 20 years ago, 30 years ago, uh, that, that wasn't an easy thing to do. You, you had to know quite a bit, you had to, you had to know the space actually, honestly, to, uh, you know, to, 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 not, not just to send, you know, uh, safely or, or securely or whatever, but just to send. Um, you had to know what you were doing. Um, and nowadays, again, we got grandmas flinging, flinging emails off with, you know, babies flinging emails off accidentally, you know, in their pockets, right? Um, so the Lightning Network is going to be like the Gmail for emails of, or maybe the Hotmail maybe, you know. Uh, it's gonna be the, the thing that uh, people don't even know what the level of, of technological uh, you know a- achievements they they're operating on when when they send an email through through hotmail or Gmail or whatever so they, they don't even know all the work that's going on that's going on behind it so ultimately that's where we're gonna get with Bitcoin transactions where you'll be able to do it just in the way you do a venmo or just in the way that you send a text message or an email but what it's going to do is never sacrifice any of the qualities of hard, hard, hard money like Bitcoin. And, and, and that's scalability without that is irrelevant. It's irrelevant. So the way the Lightning Network works is it's actually a secondary ledger that is on top of a Bitcoin transaction. So when you open a, a Lightning Channel, what you're doing is you, you take two parties that both create two input transactions and they fund two channels. Or rather, fund a channel with two inputs onto the network. So you put up half a bitcoin, and Party B puts up half a bit half a bitcoin. So you have you each have half a bitcoin that are, that is now available to be spent on a and through an, an a lightning channel. So you create a new ledger on top of the bitcoin ledger, and say, I want to send you you know 0.1 of a bitcoin. Um, I can send you 0.1, you can send me 0.05, I can send you 0.2. As long as we're operating within that one whole Bitcoin that's now available for funding, we can send those things back and forth super quickly. We don't need to, to have all of the, all of this you know, cyber hornet you know, proof of work behind every transaction because cryptographically we know it's secure. If, if, if one of us tried to walk away from our, our lightning node, um, the, the script will play and it will present to the Bitcoin network. This is the this is the final result. It will it will batch all of the transactions that you created in the lightning node into uh, a, you know, a a transaction that is includes paying the miner for one transaction, um, paying, you know, party A, you and Party B, either the amount you owe them for the bet or change back to yourself, right? So you're satisfying all of the components of a regular Bitcoin transaction, but it allows you on top of it before you close the transaction, it allows you to just shoot these Satoshis back and forth. And when you have a properly funded uh, Lightning channel and you have a big enough network where there's, you know, this node has a Bitcoin, this node has a Bitcoin, this Lightning node has a Bitcoin you get these really funded sort of Bitcoin lightning channel triangles. Um, You you can begin to whip around Satoshi's for sub 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 to free transactions. Microtransactions. You can do a thousand transactions, you know, boom, boom, um, of of no cost um, to the uh, to the network in a a proof of work sense. But it doesn't affect the proof of work. It doesn't it doesn't um, it doesn't delegitimize. It doesn't. It doesn't. Um, it doesn't make the Bitcoin malleable. It doesn't make it mutable. Uh, you're not sacrificing anything. You're, you're retaining all of the goodness, but getting all of the qualities of, uh, you know, a fast, easy, you know, scalable microtransaction. You know, something you can go pay for a cup of coffee. Something I could send you uh, to a quarter in. You know, and, and the fee isn't going to be more than the transaction. So that's, that's sort of the future of where we're going. Um, we're gonna get to this place where we're not gonna have to rely on that uh, you know, seven transactions per second um, on chain scaling. But if you want to make a transaction that you yourself 100% can, prop, you know, can validate with your own node and propagate, when you wanna have that complete ownership of your transaction, while it being broadcast in a completely trustless, decentralized way, you still can do that. So Bitcoin has that ability. Bitcoin has it's the only asset out there that we know of, as far as I'm concerned, that still has the uh, all the qualities needed uh, to to be uh, you know to be achieving the Nakamoto consensus, which includes the longest chain and the longest proof of work. Bitcoin has that. There have been attempts to fork it, to expand block size. I'm not gonna mention any of those things by name. Um, And long before just the ones that you can still buy on exchanges for some reason. Um, The UASF, um, XT, yeah, there's there's a big history of of it because it is, you know, know, it's the first thing. It's a peer-to-peer electronic cash system. It's not even in the white paper. It's the title of the white paper, right? Um, But you can't validate you can't invalidate, rather, the qualities that make Bitcoin Bitcoin just just for it to be a cash system. Um, we can't have less people mining on it. We, we can't have uh, less, you know, ne- ne- like necessitating less proof of work. We, we we can't have any of that stuff. The other big part of it, this, this pertinent scalability, is just the token economics. Who cares if you have a, a if you have this quote-unquote robust network and long chain and you got a block every minute if if the supply is just inflating, you know, like Doysh, 10,000 Doysh coin are created with every block and that will never change. That will be forever. That's that's not, I mean, you know, if we're, if we're, if we're using Bitcoin to escape this, uh, you know, the Cantillion effect uh, ravaging of, of the sort of macroeconomic context we're in with fiat, well, that's just as bad. Um, Yeah, actually, no, maybe it's not just as bad, but it's almost just as bad. Um, You're sacrificing these core, core, core components of, you know, when when we talked about taking a, a finite number of 21 million to represent, you know, the potential mineable energy, you know, in the universe, which is not an infinite number, but basically an infinite number. Um, you know, the potential value for the longest chain of proof of work, which is Bitcoin fundamentally, um, is basically is limitless. Um, and when you look at something that's inflating, uh, ad nauseum, um, that's just not how, uh, it, the, the, the potential, the supply is diluted, uh, rather than the supply is, is, uh, you know, validated. Almost. Um, so. The other, the other part of that inflation token, token economics thing is, well, maybe not just where is the token supply going, but where, is it, where, where did it come from, right? So it's not just about where the mining is going and where the inflation is going, but where did it come from? So if you have a pre-mine, a giant centralized moment at the beginning where, say, 70% of the tokens created on the network were given to the creators of the network right off the bat, doesn't really matter if the rest of the 29% of the coins on the network are participating in a fair economic system. If the 71 at the top aren't, then you, then your whole system is, is sort of kaput. So yes, uh, Satoshi did mine, uh, there was not a pre-mine, there was just a mine. Everyone technically, when the protocol was launched, there was not one thing. Preventing anyone from participating in mining, uh, it's just that not that many people knew about it, and the literal network effects had not begun to take place. So there is a pre-mine, uh, sorry, there is a mine in the early stages of Bitcoin, but it's very different than uh, than a, when a token is just issued. That's that's kind of the thing. Bitcoin is 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 a, is an asset that's created by the protocol. Uh, it's mined. It is it is an asset. It is not something that was just printed and started. So when you're looking at these centralized uh, you know, figures um, in the space and they're arguing about scalability and they're saying, well Bitcoin's boomer coin and my thing can scale at this. It's like, well what part of the, of the Nakamoto consensus or, or of, of the white paper um, are you, what part of the game theory are you, are you are you disregarding? In order for that scalability, and, and that you could say that that's a little bit harsh, but I, I, you, I might say it's not harsh enough. Um, there, there's nothing that that uh, that says that Bitcoin can't be spent on any other on any other distributed ledger. In the sense that you can just spend Bitcoin UTXOs and send that data. It's just data. You could send it over another network if you wanted to trust that other network with it that's the thing that you can skip you could send bitcoin on on the xrp ledger you can you can wrap bitcoin and send it on ethereum doesn't make a lot of sense right now when gas prices are higher than transaction fees but of course you can you i I could i could tell someone my private key and then they hand me twenty dollars um it's just information it's just a tool it's just an expression it's just language so the, the network that we have set up to express all of the volatility between our economic context, these ins and these outs, we, don't, we, we, we need to make sure that the chain is validated and strong. So, so the mining always has to happen. The proof of work has to, hap- has to always happen. The final say, the final arbiter at the end of the day in the Bitcoin network is the Bitcoin network. And so that will win every time. And so that is a, that is a, uh, that is a feature It is more than a feature, it is the point. It's the it's the whole kit and caboodle that makes Bitcoin different than what we have now. It is different. So even if you want to pick on the the quote unquote pre, but I would argue just the beginning mine of Satoshi, which have not been touched, um, that's still only, uh, you know, about 5% of the supply. Still, and arguably it will never be touched or, you know, there's, there's at least historical reason, and that is a humongous part of the game theory of Bitcoin, is that you can trust that from this Genesis, from block height zero to block height 3,200, blah, 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 that, uh, you know, you, you, you can trust, you can, you can, you can, you can verify, actually, sorry, you don't need to trust, you can verify that this network has put in this amount of proof uh, behind uh, you know, its validation. You can tell that all of these computers have validated these transactions. You can go and look through the Merkle trees and, and go all the way back and look at every single in and out. And it's the only uh, uh, asset that, that can do that. I mean, you, can, you could say that, well, what about Litecoin? You know, what about other proof of work? you know, algorithms. But a humongous part of the proof of work algorithm is that it's the longest chain. And it's the longest chain, not just in terms of number. Yeah, you could say, okay, well, Dogecoin coin does the block a minute? It's the longest chain with the most proof of work. There is not another proof of work consensus chain that has more work been put into it, um, that has had more debt incurred to go into the system. That's the game theory thing that people don't understand is the... The the scalability quote unquote issues are what makes Bitcoin hard. They're not. It's not scalability. It's security. The fact that you can send any the fact that you can send seven transactions per second of an asset that is verifiable is is that is verifiable and immutable and censorship resistant and you know and digitally verifiably scarce is, that's a that's an incredible that you can send seven of those per second because that's never existed before. Now we can move on, and we can we can open up channels, and we can send those UTXOs in creative ways that still validate to the chain ultimately. Because you can't make a trans- Bitcoin transaction ultimately outside of the network. That's not how it works. It is a ledger. You can't you can't not do that. But you can you can send that information in creative ways. So the pertinent scalability of Bitcoin is moving, uh, maybe not as fast enough for you, but. Uh, that's probably because you're just not paying attention. Um, I think we're about to see some serious shit. Um, light going, sorry, lightning nodes are easier to set up than ever. Um, we're about to see some, I think, some pretty serious network effects going on. And once we do, um, we'll start to see other things happen, where when the velocity of of, of money increases, it does funny things to the uh, purchasing power. Of the currency in in play, so we're gonna see some really interesting stuff when we start to see the transactions per second exploding uh, into the thousands. You know, um, it's a very exciting world moving forward. And the most important thing is to know that it comes from the world before. Um, the the credit debt The credit debt system doesn't matter if you it doesn't it doesn't care for your cool ideas and your and your 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 neat little your your neat little programs. If 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 it's if it's not backed by uh, any sort of um, foundation in the real world, and the Bitcoin network does, uh, it is you, you know the silicone uh, burning in your Bitcoin miners as as electricity runs through its resistors. Um, you know that's. That's proof of work. Um, it's it's a physical thing. Um, energy is, is a finite, um, you know, it can't be created or destroyed. So you can't imbue an energy, or you can't imbue energy into a network, unless you're literally putting energy in, in into the network. And and printing printing on on a, on a proof of stake system, um, you know, print, printing. An extra zero uh, is not—you're not—you're not actually imbuing any any value into the network. It's just the same as the Federal Reserve printing another zero. Um, there is something to be said about social value, and and I think that Ethereum is proving that—that um, that, you know, people staying up all night to write code and and do fun things matters. You know, people want to spend gas because it's exciting, and people are and, and people are having a good time, and and you can't shit on that. But what you can shit on is the the you know the final price potential of a social network like that. When um, you know, what if that you know people stop signing up for for MySpace or whatever? You know, people people shit on Bitcoin as being the the AOL or the MySpace of crypto, but it's it's really it's really the HTTP or or or, or something even more fundamental if possible um, to the internet. It's not something that uh, you know should or could be. Uh, replaced and still have the robustness and offer the same positivity to the network participants. Um, It doesn't matter where it was started um, or who mined the first ones. It doesn't matter who Satoshi was, is. doesn't matter. What matters is the protocol is the fairest, soundest, sensitive, resistant, justest, you know, all came from Bitcoin. That's what matters. So that's not going to change where Bitcoin came from. It's not going to change. The amount of energy that's been put into the Bitcoin network is not going to change. Um, it's just going to increase in value as the network participation increases. And one of the best ways to increase network participation is scaling. And when we can all whiz around and send to each other, like we send you know, faster than we send text messages. Um, it can unlock whole new, whole new value potential. Um, it was just new to imagine Bitcoin becoming more valuable? Um, but yeah, so that's right. You have to make a decision about if I want to buy this shitcoin because of these qualities, because I can do this or whatever. Um, think about, well, what is he giving up in order to do that? And I'm not saying that Bitcoin's going to be you know, the answer for the, the, the infinity of, of humanity, um, but it will be for our lifetime. And it probably will be for our kids' lifetimes and and probably our grandkids. It's going to last a while. Um, But, you know, I'm not going to say that I know exactly what's going to happen. But until the last Bitcoin is mined, I'm pretty darn sure the Bitcoin network's going to be just fine because of its game theory. And even after that, I'm pretty sure the fees are going to be uh, worth it for miners to continue in such a way that where the value is so high that getting five bitcoins a block for, for um, you know, for winning a block just in transaction fees is going to be worth it. I, I, I think that the game theory was thought out really well after the 33rd happening when we're there, you know, 2140 or whatever. Um, I know Bitcoin will last till then. Um, the, 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 the cat's out of the bag, um, and it matters. And what we do next with it matters. And there's a whole lot of wonderful stuff coming up next. So never never let anyone uh, convince you to sacrifice some, a value that's important to you uh, just for some other short-term gain. So never sacrifice scalability, never, never sacrifice or sorry, never sacrifice immutability, never sacrifice a core principle to you because someone else thinks something about what you're doing, you know, isn't right. Because anyone that's participating actively in the Bitcoin network right now is winning and is feeling good about their participation. There's not basically anyone that's, in, that's, that's not in profit. Um, it's possible, I suppose, but we've done some really stupid stuff. Um, if you just bought and held and participated in it, um, in a positive way, um, you won. You're, you're winning. Um, I don't see that stopping. Um, that game theory is just so sound and so great. Um, so yeah, cheers to Bitcoin pertinently scaling, uh, as we move forward to 2020.